Welcome to Being in Business, the podcast with me, Lou Portis, the podcast for soul-centered female entrepreneurs who want to encourage more ease, balance, flow, and joy into their businesses. Today, I am joined by Jennifer Cairns. She's a microbrandologist and lead rebeller. And Jennifer, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what that means for you? Sure. Well, a microbrandologist, yes. So I'm a, I'm a microbrandologist over Brand Evolution Academy. And really what that means is I take big brand strategy and concepts and I break them down into small micro action based uh ways of learning really um, um, so that we can break those down and make them easier for people to take action and implement them. Um, and then I say, yes, I'm the lead reveler, if you will, over at Lady Rebel Club, uh, which is a, a kind of a movement we have that we're running. Um, so I, I guess I'm the, the lead one to stir the pot, so to say, <laughs> and try to create a bit of change <laughs> over there um, with uh, other women who are, uh, you know, building kind of a community of other women who are uh, entrepreneurs as well and in addition maybe neurodiverse and or who have some kind of hidden disability or disorder. Thank you. You've had quite the evolution at the evolution over the last couple of years that we've been in each other's awareness um, yes. and it seemed well, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was because it seems to me that you've um, arrived now at a place which is perhaps in greater authenticity to you as a person and can more part of your your personal story than perhaps where you were a couple of years ago would it does it feel like that to you oh 100 percent, yes uh and i think for us you know initially the thing was when we had the one-on-one -on -one consultancy we were really looking to do two things we wanted to change things up a bit so i didn't have to do so much of the one-on-one -on -one, um work uh just because of I needed to cut back on my time and health issues and things of this nature, but also we wanted to, we could see from working with clients that they really needed to learn the skill set themselves rather than everything being handed to them on a plate. And we did about a year, a year and a half of the research into that um, and polling and following up and things of that nature. So we decided, right, let's empower them, you know, with the tools and know-how rather than just doing everything for them. So. We were in the process when I met yourself, um, you know, of kind of transitioning and trying to bring things online. And we were doing really a lot of research into the kind of brand that we wanted to create, but also with the type of products, you know, and some initial ideas we had were for some bigger courses and programs and things of this nature. And yeah, I didn't really, I wasn't really happy with any of it. <laughs> I, have to be, I have to be honest and say. Um, I don't you know, think you're the I, only one. <laughs> He finds himself there <laughs> yeah and it wasn't you know I wasn't happy with it with the way that we were transitioning I wasn't happy with some of the I guess some of the advice and things as well you know to be honest that I had gotten at the time but more than that it wasn't I think the whole situation where I could see the learning I think a lot and not with everybody you know I would preface that but I think with some people the learning the way that they teach and the way that they instruct the other courses it's so content heavy. There's not a lot of support. There's not a lot of way to empower the, the students to actually help them take action and better move through the content. So a lot of it just sits on your shoulders. And so I think a lot of us, um, and I, I doubt I'm the only one, you know, you kind of get in the same, well, maybe I'll take this other thing to help me 
help me do this instead or to help me better figure out this other thing that I'm trying to do. And so you kind of end up in the most, it was almost like each program or course was almost like a weight, you know, that was being stacked on top of my shoulders and I could feel it getting heavier and heavier. You know, it's time taken away from our business. And because a lot of these things, you know, some of the small things that, you know, small micro courses and things like that, that I looked into, a lot of them, again, not all of them, but a lot of them were very fluffy, very light. um, And all they really wanted you to do was kind of buy their bigger product at the end. Um, or like I said, the big heavy ones were so content heavy um, that you all, and you had to kind of get through the, all of it for it to have any impact. So uh-huh. even if you were kind of halfway, it was like, right, I can't do anything with this, you know? So you, it was almost like you were wasting time, you know, not getting through it and then you weren't completing them. So that really had a negative impact on me. And I think it was everything in general. I think it was the, you know, the, the shock of kind of being in almost a bubble, if you will, where I had lots of happy clients. We had, you know, our business was pretty much all referral, um, which was wonderful. And then then all of a sudden it was like the shock of this online space where, yeah, it wasn't so, you know, this nice, happy, friendly place that I was kind of used to. And like I said, there was all of this additional pressure. So yeah, it wasn't working in any sort of way. I didn't feel like I could be my authentic self. and I think that word authentic is really bounced around so much that it's lost, you know, a lot of the meaning behind it as well. Um, but I didn't feel like it could be me. I felt like a lot of, I had to hide a lot of my quirkiness, my personality, um, or people weren't going to take me, you know, seriously. And yeah, so I think there was a lot of, a lot of things kind of coming to head at a strange place. And really a year before we brought everything online as well, I had only found out that I'm neurodiverse. So oh. I was still processing all of that and, and GAD and all of this kind of stuff as well. So I was really processing a lot of that information as well when we first came online. So I, at that stage, wasn't sure how to talk about it or how to, um, I mean, my mom didn't even know. I hadn't even had a conversation with my mother about it yet. So I was like, I think I need to do that before she finds out on Facebook, you know? Yeah, totally, <laughs> yes. And what does GAD stand for? Um, it's basically generalized anxiety disorder. Um, so it's the kind of thing where, and, and, and funny enough, it's a huge joke now. And I actually had to phone my, my then therapist and we had a good laugh about it. And even my husband and I, because I would have walked around with literally like a car load of stuff. It was my zombie apocalypse kit. So it was like any actuality, it didn't matter what it was. I had a plan for it and a backup and a backup and a backup. And I couldn't leave the house without that. I was, that was just it. We had to have like the suitcase full of stuff, um, which of course came very handy when we had COVID. COVID yes. um, it was like, see, I told you, I told everybody this was gonna, you know, something was gonna happen. But even things like I would read emails, I would have to read an email or even a text or a comment on Facebook. I would rewrite it like 50 times because mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's not right. I have to do that. And no, that's not right. And it's, it's not OCD, but it's just that, that drive where you have to, you kind of, and it's overthink on overdrive really, you know, um, to some extent, and you play out like every scenario possible of what's going to happen. And you feel like you have to kind of meet that. So that combined with um, the fact, you know, that I'm autistic um, and probably borderline ADHD in some extent as well, but um, you know, definitely autistic that, yeah, it was a lot to sort of process yeah. and deal with, but at the same time, it all made perfect sense. You know, it, it instantly made sense to me, you know, when I found out, I was like, yeah, that's mm. not a surprise in any sort of way. And actually explains a lot, you know. I, I think 
that often something happens in our lives which makes us realize that we need to come home to who we are and do business in a way that works for mm. us was that part of the story for you that realization it definitely was um you know in the consultancy I I loved running the consultancy um and I loved the work that I did with the clients and it was very very fulfilling you know and I was you know renowned as having a certain approach and you know and, and things of that nature and you know again when we shifted to online it was completely unknown I mean, was going through all of these this cauldron of things I suppose at one time um and then leading up to the the, the summer then like I, I had said my husband had a stroke in 2019 so he was then not only removed from the business but I had to kind of run on my own so I was like right how what do I need to now before we've even launched anything what do I need to sort of adjust to to meet that and then it was two months after that I got my diagnosis of lymphoma mm. so that was like okay so I'm gonna going to do this on. yes yeah. and then COVID hit so yeah. it was during that summer um when I was kind of thinking and, and I wasn't happy in the business I was miserable doing a lot of the work online um like I said I felt like I had to hide a lot of myself um and just some of the people that I had met just had a not all of them obviously but some of them had a really negative impact on me and really affected my confidence so I think I, having that bit of a break in the summer I just kind of stepped back and I got off social media and I was really ready just to say look I'm done with this I'll just go back to the consultancy and you know just cut back my hours and cut back the number of clients that I work with and it was during that time when I was kind of at my lowest when I realized that I had won an award. So mm -hmm. I had this big giant box and I mean, it's huge. It's like, you know, this big. Whoa. Um, and it's called the Pioneer Freedom Award um, for being such an inspirational leader and inspiring others. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. And I was like, this is obviously a sign, you know, that I have to, I have to keep going, but I have to find a way. And I said to my husband at that time, I said, yes, I'm going to keep going. I'm not giving it up. You know, I'm determined to make this, whatever this is work. I said, but I has to be in a better way. And I said, I'm not the only one. And I knew from being online as well, I could see so many, especially women, because I think we carry so much of the burden in so many ways. Um, so many women who were just generally, not only from a business point of view, kind of needed maybe a bit of guidance on the right thing to work on now, rather than kind of all of this other stuff that really didn't really matter. Um, but they just, I think that they were in so a similar position, not necessarily with the exact, you know, health issues or, um, you know, not necessarily that they were neurodiverse or anything like that. Just maybe they had kids, maybe they had, you know, other, other life things, you know, that, that helps us get busy. So I said, if I'm not the only one and I can see that I'm not the only one, there has to be a better way for people like me, um, especially women like myself, to better fill those almost like gaps, you know, that we need um, in our business um, and to gain additional skills and be able to build assets for our business in a way that's action based and in a way, you know, that's um, that works with us, that doesn't make us feel bad. And I think this was was the lightning bolt for me is that mm -hmm. learning shouldn't make you feel bad. It should uplift you. Um, and I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that's the whole approach for us. So rather than it me coming at the business from the approach of, right, I'm helping people to build a brand and this is everything that I want to do. Yes, 
that's really, you know, a lot of what we do is about brand and brand strategy and things like that, of course, but it's more about giving people, you know, uh, like I said, the skills, the know-how and helping them build assets in a way that uplifts. Um, and it really just changed everything. It changed a lot, you know, with the business and like I said, the whole approach and had the idea then for Lady Rebel Club. And I had had the idea for that for a while mm-hmm. um, with, you know, empowering, you know, in some way I wanted to empower other women who are neurodiverse or had hidden disabilities or disorders in particular, because when things are hidden, it's really hard for people to understand what's going on with you. You know, they don't understand why maybe you're, it, I mean, it took me a year to do a live and a lot of that had to do with, you know, the huge amount of anxiety, not, oh, I'm nervous about going live or I have a fear of it. I mean, like gut-wrenching, visceral fear, throw up for you would go on kind of stuff that I had for so long before, you know, I was able to sort of do it, especially on a regular basis. Yeah. And you, so, you, you're, you're so interesting to listen to that <laughs> it's a gift to the world. I think that you've managed to overcome that. I remember the very first time I heard you talking live and just your passion is just, well, it's not something you see every day, shall we say? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's it. And I think, you know, and, and I'm passionate about you know, and when I was in the consultancy that, you know, I loved, I loved helping them get clear on their strategy and get clear, you know, helping them with their ideation and helping them to really build a brand that was going to have a great impact for them and their business, but also on the world. And, you know, and I know that, and I've, I, I knew then, and I know now that that's something that I'm really good at, but it was how to interpret that, you know, and, and, and how to, to take that knowledge, but cr- put it in a way And I think maybe this is how a lot of people, in my opinion, get, you know, especially in the online learning space, I think how they get it wrong is they do only what works for them and they don't think about the audience they want to serve. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and if our, if our, if, if we're saying, right, well, we need to, you know, we want our learning to uplift and we don't want it to overload and we need to, you know, we need to do it in a different way. It challenges me as well. Um, So for instance, like one of the micro kits that we have, is about brand positioning um, and all of the micro kits that we have are designed that you go through the micro kit and you will implement you know the learning and create some kind of asset some kind of something at the end of it right now it doesn't mean you like with all things in your branding you'll have to go back to and refine and work on but you will have that in four hours or less and that's one hell of a challenge I've laid myself you yeah, know, because yeah it's like yeah so with the positioning one you know the way I would have done it with clients I mean, we would have had whiteboards out and we would have worked for it on days and we would have used axes and all of this kind of stuff. And we, you know, would have whittled, would have maybe started off with like 500 axes and you would have whittled them down and whittled them down and whittled them down to like maybe, you know, a few and you would have used those to map your positioning. So I'm like, I can't do that in a four hour or less micro kit. So So I've come up with the idea of doing this, of, of a new way of doing it with this interactive spreadsheet. Um, it's really, yeah. So it's forced me, which is, phenomenal I think you know um it's it's like a challenge for myself as well to take these things that I know that they need uh, and that they've asked me for you know which has been good as well um and to put them in a way that isn't overwhelming that you know so the tools I'm giving them it's forcing me to create better tools you know for them to use rather than just throwing them throwing up content um so yeah so I think and it's great because it's I love the challenge so I kind of have that ongoing challenge to make those work but it is much more aligned um and it has a lot more of my you know 
not just personality, but I think my my vision for how I see my impact and the things that I can do, I think is much more aligned with, you know, the brand and the business now for sure. And what I'm hearing um, from from what you're saying is that there's a big piece around the fact that we don't all need or want the same out of our learning and I think that's a hugely important thing because often we can think we need to find the best that somebody else tells us is the best but it may not be the best for us well that's it and you know and I would never sit and bash anybody's content or the way that they put something together you know or the programs or or, you know or anything like that because people do want different things um but I think the, the and I think these micro courses and things like this, why a lot of them are getting a bad rap um, and why a lot of them aren't that great is because it's a whole part of their funnel system. You know, it's designed to lead to something bigger. And it's like the staircase where we'd start off the small product and it'll lead to this and lead to that rather than focusing on that being the best product that it can be and delivering the best value that it can offer. I think a lot of times people are just too worried about well, I won't give this because I want them to buy the next step. Mm. So I'll allude to it. And then that will, you know, make them want to buy my 2000 pound course or program or something of that mm. nature. And then you see that in everything, you know, um, you do. So I think it's doing it differently. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And just giving people more options, you know, of, mm-hmm. of what they, of what they can have. Cause you imagine, you know, during COVID and you've got the kids at home and you've got this, you know, how are you going to get through, you know a 12 week or an eight week course you know with 45 minutes of video and workbooks and you know very little support if any you mm. know it's it's near impossible yeah and run your business and this is the thing i think a lot of the stuff isn't designed but the fact that you have to run your business when you're doing all of this do you know you right. don't have now some people don't get me wrong Again, some people would have the luxury, maybe they have a job, they're full, you know, part-time employed or full-time employed, or they can only work for their business part-time and they can take that time away to to do the bigger, you know, the bigger chunks of learning and things of that nature. But a lot of us can't, you know, a lot of us don't have that luxury. And I think a lot of this bigger stuff isn't created with that in mind that we have to run our businesses simultaneously, you know, it's not real life. You're so right. (laughs) And it's, what's really interesting is what what I'm really thinking about in my business at the moment is the bit that people don't see and that's exactly what you're talking about yes and yes it's if you are not a mother or a parent shall we say if you don't have other things going on in your life yes you can work every hour that God sends to get that course done and get all the other things done but that is not the reality for so many of us. And it's really, to me, what really fascinates me is what goes on that we don't see of other people's businesses. Yes. So on that note, what, what's it like inside your business in terms of how, what do you do to make sure that you're okay in your business? Well, it's funny because you? I have, I've completely changed my workflow. I've completely changed any, especially in the past you know, three months, so much has changed. Whereas I would have been, my laptop, you know, my MacBook was like glued to my lap. It went everywhere with me. Um, late nights, I mean, till two or three in the morning, early up in the morning when I was up with Callum, it wouldn't have mattered, you know, just weekends, nonstop. 
Um, and whereas now, like yesterday, I sat in the sun, I went outside and said, oh, goodness, it's lovely out. And I said, yeah, I'll just go take, I'm gonna go take a break. And I, I take breaks now. So I went out and I sat outside for two hours and had a cup of coffee and did nothing. And I was like, yes, <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> and probably your productivity because you're, you know, you're more probably more focused. Doesn't yes. take the hit. You, I would imagine. Oh, hundred percent. Well, this is it, and you know, and it's as an entrepreneur, there's so much. I think, especially, and I'll preface this by saying, I think, especially for people who are diving in in the service industry who haven't run a consultancy offline, who are diving in in the service industry and are primarily either creating, you know. On doing some kind of online coaching or doing mm -hmm. online digital products. Um, and maybe they haven't, you know, ran, like I said, a big consultancy before or had any kind of bricks and mortar business or um, possibly even e-commerce. If that's kind of the, you know, the angle that they're coming at, um, I think a lot of times they miss a lot of the, the fundamentals of business basics, you know, and, and a lot of that, and even I had missed it, and it is hard to kind of even realize it yourself because you're so saturated in your business. Um, but there's, it's, it's finding the flow, you know, we need to find the flow right. of how we work um, and what works best for us, you know, and these are things that, that like I said, I, I had to become more aware of um, that I had lost when I left the consultancy because we were so, I was so all over the place with everything and so overwhelmed with everything. Mm. The more overwhelmed we get, obviously the less flow we're going to have <clears throat> because we're trying to patch, you know, we're trying to patch everything up and going, right, what if I do this? And nothing's getting done. And we yeah. feel so busy, but the problem is we're not working on the right things at the right time and we have no flow. So everything is really just a mess and it just snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. And we wonder why we don't have, you know, customers flocking down our doors and all of this. You know, and it was funny because I felt and had been told, oh, you have to do, this is you, you have to do all this ramp up to your marketing and you have to do all of this stuff for like months before you launch, you know, your product. And we had worked with launch strategies with, with people, you know, with clients and stuff in the consultancy before, you know, and of course some of it involved social media. And I'm not saying we didn't have any social media presence, but before I launched the first micro kit branding in a flash, um, right at the end of December, um first of January it was I mean I didn't do any lives I wasn't on I didn't even had I hadn't even put up a social post or nothing in almost two months you know it was very little I did nothing because I right. said I have to just focus on getting the product ready and getting it out and we launched it just cold audience Facebook ads and, it, and we even spent you know a couple of weeks testing to fight right audiences and right out of copy and and it did quite well for its, its first go you know like that so it just goes to show you that I think all entrepreneurs to keep in mind, number one, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, what's the old saying? There's, there's more than one way to skin it. I don't want to say cats because I like cats, but there's more than one way to peel a potato, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's for all the vegans out there. There's more than one way I'm one. Yes, exactly. So we don't skin cats. Um, so there, there's more than one way to do something. And people who teach and people who coach, I think the other thing to keep in mind is that it's not that they're necessarily even coming from, you know, a bad place or there's, you know, or anything like that, but they have their own systems. So if you're, if you're, if you're learning how to do X, Y, and Z, that's brilliant. 
but I think it's not, it's, it's taking, yes, it's looking and see what people are doing, but it's making it your own then and making sure that it works for you, for your life, for, you know, the life that you have, the life that you want, for the business that you want to create. And the word success means different things for different people. So measuring your success against what somebody else has is like, you know, apples and um, onions, really, you know, mm. so. I think it's I think it's that whole that whole cauldron and I think like I said it's especially it's very prevalent with people who are creating online type businesses because they haven't had the experiences of being offline and maybe working on other business fundamentals mm. um, that maybe people who are just coming online mm. and being hit with this wall of stuff you know because you're it's everywhere it is yeah you're right I think I, I think also there is a I remember my very first business, which was a craft business, thinking that there was, because I had come from a corporate world, thinking that there was one way to do this, and I had to find the person that could tell me what that one way was, and then it was all going to be okay. Did you ever feel that? Yes, yes. Well, that's, and that was it, you know, when we first came online um, and started to do that, I, that's really what happened with ourselves. And I had found a coach. I was like, wait, this coach is going to be brilliant. And, you know, this person's going to be able to help me to do the things I want to do with, you know, the Facebook page and the group and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And it was a disaster, you know, it was a disaster. And that had, a, you know, a really negative impact as well. So I think it's not, it's realizing that we don't put a all of our eggs in one basket right but also mm. you can't there are loads of good people out there of course there's loads of great coaches uh, like I said and there is other great um, you know learning uh, and courses and, and programs and things but it's definitely not realizing that one person or one course or one something isn't going to fix everything in your business you know and it's realizing that your business is, is a living breathing eco ecosystem and love that you have to treat it that way you know and your brand is part of that you know your brand is like that as well and you have to realize that everything in your business everything in your brand is intertwined it all affects all of it and that includes you right because you're a part of it mm -hmm. so if you're not happy with what's going on with it you know, that's going to influence what's going on in your business. And as I started to become, you know, less and less happy with what was happening in the online space in my, you know, that I was privileged to mm. and um, the effect that that was having on me. And then lump on, like I said, all of the, the, the big content, heavy content pro programs and courses and stuff I was doing. It just was too much, you know. Um, and because I was so unhappy then, I had no joy to give to the business you know, and I couldn't do the things with it that I wanted to do because I just said, this is crap. Oh. And that was, you know, and I'm sure that that started to to, to sink into and, and poison really, you know, the ideas that I had. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And I think so many people have been here, but not many people are brave enough to say it. I've been there. Um, yeah, because we don't want to say, we don't, I, I think, and I think, you know, you do see people talk about, oh, I had this really bad experience, but look at me now, I'm a multimillionaire, you know? And it's this, it's, it's, that, it's that kind of like rags to riches type story, but you know, you don't see a lot of people say, yes, I did this and it was crap, it didn't work, or I had this bad experience. And yeah, I'm not maybe, you know, a trillionaire at this stage, but things are better, you know? Yeah. And I don't think, 
I don't think people talk enough about, you know, yeah, the bad experiences they have um, because it's all that's part of, that is part of business, you know, and you do have to, in business, the, the best things that, you know, the, the, the things that you will learn for most are the mistakes that you make. Absolutely. Definitely. You know, yeah. that's what got me to do what I, you know, in, into the kind of the brand space itself, because one of the businesses that we had before the consultancy was um, we had a product where we did like digital media and filming and this kind of stuff, and music videos and all of this. And we had this really cool music website platform that we were launching. And I had like 300K worth of investment secured. I had 90 worth of uh, R&D grants secured. We had Facebook wanting to do live streaming with us off the, the rooftops in Dublin. All this amazing stuff. And the, the first initial prototype launched of the platform and it just, nobody wanted anything to do with it because there was no brand. We had a lovely sparkling 120 grand website. There was phase wow. one. And it, there was, but the, because there was no brand, there was design, you know, it looked nice. Yeah. But there was no brand. There was no, there was nothing put together. Like we had a bit of a marketing strategy and stuff like that, of course, but there was no feeling behind it. Um, you, and that's the kind of stuff you can't really, or at that time anyway, you didn't really put into a business plan. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mm. And when I started researching then, right, why has all this gone pear-shaped? You know, we lost everything over it. Um, that's when I realized, oh, shh sugar there's no yeah where's the brand where's the heart and soul of the business that's all where all the interactions taste place and there's nothing there to compel people to want to interact with with the you know the website or the business um and that's really what what had happened with it you know we were using lingo they didn't really want us to use uh. things of this nature and um yeah so that's what kind of led me gradually down the road and even in the consultancy it was more business planning and this kind of stuff and then that led me more into the brand development phase um which you know I studied in depth then it's interesting isn't it how very often the thing that doesn't work is the genesis of the thing that you're meant to be doing yes exactly exactly and lessons like I said and it's lessons that we can learn so I think it's it's, it's, it's all of us learning to be, like I said, treating our businesses as that living ecosystem and realizing that, you know, we need to find our place in it and be happy in our, with our place in it. And that also isn't always at the head. And it's not always doing things that in it maybe that we're even great at, um, you know, as a business, like I just hired a VA and I've been adamant. I'm never having, I don't need a VA, you know, I don't need this. And, and I was talked into him like, no, because I'm such a control freak. I'm like, no, I have to do X, Y, and Z myself. And I do have a designer and some other people that work kind of, you know, on yeah. contracts and stuff like that. Um, but she actually just started and I love her. Amazing. <laughs> I'm like totally convinced now. Oh. And I'm like, I've got more stuff for you to help me with. And you can help me do this. And, you can... and it's just giving up that, you know, that little bit of control. So things that I was working on that even I liked doing, I've given to her now, which is free, frees me up to do the really important things that only I can do in the business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think there's just, I think we just have to realize there's so many, there's so many things and we will grow to be the entrepreneur that we need to be and the leader of our business that we need to be that fits the business that we want to create, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a former VA, I'm transitioning away right now. I'm really pleased to hear that it's working for you and it is yes. all about I think the relationship, finding that yeah. person that you connect with, um, thinking about all the clients I've had, and it's 
yeah it's wonderful when it works isn't it yes Um, so thank you so much for joining me today I have one last question which I'm going to be asking all of my guests um and I will just explain where it comes from briefly which is that one of the big um tenets of the coaching that I do with people is that when you show up for yourself in your business you show up for your clients more or better Mm -hmm. so I would like to know please how do you show up for you in your business and how does that impact impact the people you're here to serve well I think for me it's in a couple of well I think in the day-to-day business how I show up for myself is I'm now giving myself space I'm giving myself um you know finding a workflow that actually works with me um um, the person I am the way that I work Mm -hmm. and um you know so that's making me far happier um, but I think also it's, like I said, it's been about creating and really, really seeing a genuine, you know, pain that I have had and really being able to roll that out because I see it in so many other women, especially yeah, uh, this pain that I have and taking this genuine desire that I have to, like I said, uplift them, you know, and it, it's really been built into our, our creed of our like learning principles, if you will, which are uh, all of our learning has to empower, it has to be action-based, it has to be accessible as well, which is a big thing with us, it has to be real, and they, it has to be enjoyable. Now, does that mean it's not hard work? Of course, running a business is hard work, but there's a difference between dreading doing something um, and it, you know, and it being hard work. So I think in those aspects, and, you know, I've been able to insert a lot of just my, you know, the genuine desire I have to help people and this is how I see how I can really help people people like me who have been you know who are so busy in running their business and overwhelmed and overloaded and just need these you know just need these almost like nuggets you know of help that they can get to 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 help empower them um and I think also via Lady Rebel Club it's that has a lot of my vision and desire to help, especially, you know, the neurodiverse entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who have a hidden disability or disorder, because we are very misunderstood. Mm. Uh, we're very under catered to. Um, and I remember when I first had said to, started to say to a few people that I was neurodiverse and I actually had somebody who I got to know fairly well online, um, who it was almost like, I could almost imagine them like patting me on the head when they were saying it going oh well good for you you can do it and I was like my business is already running circles around you what the hell are you talking about yeah, <laughs> this is what I felt like saying you know yeah but um so yeah so I think it's it's me owning that within myself and being at a being comfortable enough with it to talk you know about it and not talk about it from a place of you know, where I'm on a perch and I'm going, look, you know, unless your husband has had a stroke, you're neurodiverse, you have, you know, hidden disabilities and disorders and cancer, you know, don't give me an excuse why you can't run a business that, you know, you can't approach things from that, from that angle either, you know, Mm -hmm. so you need to, yes, I might have a lot on my plate and a lot of things I've had, I'm overcoming or having to have overcome, but everybody has life. Everybody has things that happens and, you know, that impacts them and impacts their time and impacts, you know, their, their, the things that they want to do with their business and stuff. So hopefully my experiences though will 
you know, make other, especially like Sithri later, make other women realize that, yeah, I don't have to listen to this stuff from other people. Yes, I can own who I am and it's fine to roll who I am out through my business in, you know, all of the glory that I want that to be. Uh, and I think that's, that's really important because if we're not going to build a business that we love and that we're going to be happy with, what really is the point? You know, I could not agree more. That last point has just got me smiling. If, if, the, if the listeners could see me, they would see how much <laughs> I've been smiling all the way through this interview. I just could not agree more. And I'm so grateful to you for joining me. You are, in fact, going to be the first um, guest podcast that will be going out on the podcast. So thank oh, you. very thank good. You. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. No, well, thanks very much for having me, Lou. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to Being in Business, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you subscribe. And I'd love it if you'd also consider leaving a review. They really do make a huge difference. If you'd like to learn more about me, please join me in my free Facebook group, Self-Worth and High Vibes for Female Entrepreneurs, which you'll find in the show notes. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook.